Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's lesson is monitor your energy. That's what I'm giving. I feel like Sometimes we give energy to things that don't require our energy and and sometimes we overexert ourselves in things that don't require that much that energy could be refocused to things that we've been putting on the back burner or things that we know that we need to really give 100% to but we're splitting our time between a million other things so we're giving 20% here, 20% there, 20% there, 20% there and it's like now reclaim some energy monitor it know when it's going when you're giving too much and just make sure that you're able to kind of bounce back from it so that's my lesson of the week because that's something that I learned this week and I feel like by putting that energy back into myself I've been a hundred percent more positive in the things that I'm working towards and the goals that I'm working towards but without further ado let's get into this week's podcast guest this week's guest is a Florida native currently living in Brooklyn, New York. He is a creator specializing in capturing visual stories via photography. His primary focuses are portraits, lifestyle, and fashion. His work has been published in Vogue Italia, Jumpman 23, Ebony, Crown Mag, Link NYC, Complex, and many more. He is also the creative director for Strivers Row. Strivers Row is a community that celebrates doers, those among us who are pursuing these their passions putting their talents to use and in turn establishing new standards and he shot some of my first photos that i ever did <laughs> ever in life in new york city welcome to the fearless kia podcast gerard anderson better known as at created by gerard if anybody follows him on instagram Welcome. What's up? Because <laughs> <laughs> I only sent like the first sentence and like the other I stuff. had to add in a couple of things. Okay, I appreciate you know? it. I appreciate you're it. You're doing other things too. I'll be forgetting, but thank you. Yeah, see, so you got to remind like all the good things that you're doing. So I usually like to start off the show with my guests basically asking what is your deepest fear? So tell me what your deepest fear is. Um, my deepest fear is not making my family proud of of me and um i just feel like as a kid um i just had a lot of doubters um that doubted that i would make it this far um a lot of people told me at a young age that i'd be either dead or in jail mm. and i'm not in debt i mean i'm not dead or i'm not in jail either and it's kind of like I just want to prove to my family that they was right on gambling with me because they could have easily put me in, like, a foster home or sent me to, like, boot camp or something like that. But they, like, held on and, like, kept on instilling lessons in me. And so I just wanted them to know that their lessons weren't in vain. So did you grow up as, I don't want to say a troubled child, but someone who got into things that maybe was seen as, like, a different path for the life that, you have manifested like today i mean i feel like i'm consistent i feel like back then i was just a rebellious person okay and even now i still feel like i'm rebellious but the thing was i was under my parents roof so i really didn't have the right to be rebellious Mm. Um, i'm still rebellious now i don't really like being told what to do and so it kind of like 
came from clashes like that because a lot of my family was in the military. My dad primarily was in the Marines. And so um, he was very stern and me, I'm very like relaxed and chill, whatever. And so um, it was just a lot of alpha male um, mentality. Obviously he was the real alpha male. I was, mm-hmm. I was a kid. So I was just felt like I was feeling myself. And so it was like a lot of clashes on that. I don't necessarily think anything I did was like terribly bad. Right. But it could have went down the long road. I have a lot of friends who did end up dead or in jail. Mm. And I could have easily went down that path if I kept doing the things that I was doing. Um, it was a little, like I said, it was a lot of little childish games and stuff like that, just doing little stupid stuff. But um, where I come from, like stupid stuff leads to really stupid stuff. And so mm. it was like, I just had like a negative. Um, a lot of people had negative thoughts about what I would become in life. And so it was kind of like um, using that to motivate me to not become that, I guess you could say so. So the community had an impact on kind of like trying to paint this picture of what your future would be. Future would be. Yeah. And did you let that impact you at I mean, times in the past? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, it did impact me. I mean, it impacted me to be who I am right now and to be where I'm at right now. Um I mean, everything I feel like in life has some type of impact, whether it's good or bad. Right. Um, how you how you take a situation is really up to you. And so um, it definitely impacted me. But instead of impacting me, like making me like quiver and fear, or whatever, kind of, like I said, motivate me to go to college and mm-hmm. graduate and get my degree and start my business and move to New York and do what I'm doing now. So, yeah, it definitely impacted me um, for the better, in my opinion. But that's yeah. my opinion. The other question I was going to ask you was, like, what was it about, what is it about, like, letting your parents down that scares you the most? Um, I just don't want people to just be like, we told you so, like, to mm. my parents, whatever. Like, like I said, a lot of my teachers, um, even other family members, they, they like I said, had negative uh, thoughts of my future and stuff like that. And so... And my parents sacrificed a lot to get me where I'm at now, whether it be financially, spiritually, mentally. Like, I I did a lot. I was a very uh, troubled kid, and so I know I caused my parents a lot of stress. And so I don't want them to look back and be like, we went through all that, and it was for nothing. You feel me? So I want them to feel like – I want them to be as proud of my accomplishments as I am as my accomplishments. I want them to be able to brag to their friends, be like, yeah, you yeah. told me my son was going to – end up in jail and now he's on a Forbes 30 on the 30th list and I'm like hi <laughs> proved you wrong type stuff right God's plan okay yeah. <laughs> um has stability and like security in your day-to-day life at this point um heightened your deepest fears whether it's been in the past you know or currently and by I say heighten your deepest fear like heighten that fear of like okay not making your your family proud um like stability and like my work for my work i mean honestly i've always been a pretty low maintenance dude mm-hmm. um i don't really take that into factor like when i'm thinking about my parents letting them down like as far as like paying like bills and stuff you mean like that is that what you yeah well i mean like i said just kind of like taking care of you know like making sure they, you're the best best version of yourself that and that everything is kind of your house is in order, yourself is in order. So that that fear of letting your parents down or not making your parents proud, excuse me, um, doesn't come to kind of like fruition. Oh well, money money doesn't really move me much. Mm-hmm. Um, as 
I don't really uh really look at numbers like that. Um, I've been working for myself for like a year and a half now, and I'm definitely not making loads of money. I've definitely uh, made more money at my other jobs. I've quit well-paying jobs. Even when I was in Florida, I've quit well-paying jobs. I'm more of like a happiness type of person. Mm-hmm. Like if a job is not fulfilling to me, if I feel like it's not um, making me a better person or push me to be a better person, then I'll leave it. Um, and so like the money thing is not really something I'm worried about. I've always been pretty uh pretty frugal. Um, I'm not I'm not a fancy guy. I don't wear like fancy clothes or do too much um, like blowing money. Like I, I pay my bills. I haven't had to call my parents for any money like that. So I feel like that alone Man. is an accomplishment. Hey, you feel me? Like that, that alone is. to be in New York, New York City. Like I came up here with like a backpack and like one hundred fifty dollars in my in my back bank account. Like check it, check it and savings like one fifty. That's it. And like I made it, yo. I mean, I, I'm making it. I'm not. I've made it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm making it. And like I said, I haven't called my parents. I just moved from Bronx to Brooklyn. I got a bigger place, a nicer place, more costly, whatever. But I'm, I'm still paying my bills. Um, not late on anything. My, my credit score is good. Like everything is like, Come on, credit score? you feel me? Like everything, know, it matters. <laughs> yeah. Everything is good. Like everything is good. Like I said, I'm not, what did that process teach you? Even just coming here to New York. Um, I think you mentioned a while ago, you came here like. 2015 mm-hmm. with a backpack and $150 in your pocket. You mm-hmm. lived in the Bronx. Um, and I'm sure even like working in New York, being in the Bronx and traveling and doing and, and pursuing your passion, it was, you know, it's a lot, you know, wears on you, um, on you just in traveling and the time that you had to put in and all that. Like, what did that process teach you? Um, and from where you were to where you are now, because now you're in Brooklyn. A little bit more central. Yeah, a little bit more, a lot more central. A lot more time because you've decided to put your, you know, a hundred percent into your career. Mm-hmm. So, what did that process kind of teach you? Um, I mean, to trust the process in general. Um, nothing happens overnight, and like for me, I have a a issue of not even an issue. I see where I'm going to be in life so clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know where I will be at in the in the future, in the very near future, um, and I, I see it so clearly. It's kind of like it messes up my vision of where I'm at and where I want to be. Um, and so, it the process in general is like everything that I said I was going to do, I've done. It might not have been like on my time, um, it's on God's time, but it eventually it comes to pass. And so. Um, just being patient and not rushing everything, actually enjoying the um, the wins and the losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I had an issue. Another issue with mine was um, I would like pray for things and then I would get the things and I was so worked up on trying to pray for the next thing that I didn't actually like take time to appreciate that my first prayer was answered. So that's something I've, I've been consciously working on. Um, just being aware of my my situations, and my surroundings, and what I got going for me, and just enjoying the moment. Of course, always always working and, and never getting too um, complacent, um, which is a a big big thing of mine is getting complacent, mm-hmm. um, never getting too complacent, and always like striving to get more. But at the same time, making sure I'm enjoying enjoying life because there's no point of doing all this work if I'm not enjoying right. the the work, um, the rewards of the work. You know, so yeah, and I think you mentioned on your blog that you you had a point where like you learned a lot of things like not about not only about like photography and business and people mostly about yourself and you said 
I think you mentioned that you said you even cried a couple of times. And I, I guess for you, as a man, you know, which I feel like now we're going to, we're, we're scraping the surface of men being more vulnerable and being more open and being admitting to like, you know, it's okay to like, you know, to feel those feelings. It's okay to be like, all right, I had that moment and move forward. Like, what did you learn about yourself through this process of quitting your job for the past year and actually like, hundred percent believing in yourself to actually go full thought on it. Um, what did I learn? I mean, I learned the power of the tongue and the power of the mind. Um, mm. Like I said, um, I see this so clearly that when some things happen, like when I accomplish some things, other people's like, "Oh, that's so amazing." I mean, it is amazing. I'm thankful for for accomplishing them, but I, like I seen it coming. Like I I know what I can do and what I will do, and it's just like I said, I see it so clearly. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot where I was going with that. That quick. That's crazy. That's so crazy. I really need to stop smoking. <laughs> no, uh, it's fine. Nah, but what did I learn? That was a question. What did I learn about this? And um, Just about yourself. Just about myself. Dude. I'm just like, it's so crazy because it's just like the power of the tongue is just like, it's so real. It's so real. And just consistency and just keep putting in work. And even if you feel like you're not making progress, you are making progress. You don't see it yourself. It's kind of like when you look at yourself in the mirror. You're getting taller and taller. You don't see yourself getting taller because it's you and you with yourself every day. But let somebody not see you for six months, they're like, oh, wow, you got so tall since the last time I seen you. It's kind of like the same thing with the arts. It's kind of mm. like keep working and keep working. It's kind of like you know, you're not seeing the the progress in your work, but let somebody not see your work for six months or whatever. Like, oh, wow, you got so much better in photography or so much better in singing or whatever your your craft is or whatever you're doing. Um so don't don't get caught up in like trying to see the results immediately. Um, just put, keep putting in that work, and eventually the results will show themselves. Um, it's something that I've learned. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like, in a, in New York, in such a competitive industry like photography, or even just being a creative, like how like what quality set you apart? How did you kind of like make your mark here? Are there certain things that you did um processes procedures or is it just about like my name is Gerard Anderson and I'm gonna bring what I bring to the table and I have a unique talent that no one else has like <laughs> I'm not trying to be cocky about it but I'm just yeah, saying no, like no, no. where they I mean it is a competitive we're in New York 12 million people in Brooklyn alone that's just Brooklyn it's 12 million people in Brooklyn alone <laughs> right um but what kind of like quality sets you apart or how did you try to, how did you like make your mark in this industry? Cause you've done so much in such a short time, a year, 365 days, like literally the list that I named earlier, even introducing you work with so many brands and have done so much impactful work, even on your own. Um, thank you. I do appreciate that. Um, what set me apart? Honestly, yo, I didn't, I never seen it coming, yo. It was just, it just happened. I just, I just, I just did things my way. Like I said, I've always been a, a rebellious person. Um, I kind of got guidance from people, other photographers, other artists, and stuff like that. They told me what they would do in my situation, and mm. then I did the opposite of that. Um, I'm not, I'm not everything the opposite, but I, for the most part, I did the opposite of what people told me to do. And um, I don't know. I just, I stayed true to me. Um, I don't try to make corny stuff. I hate corny stuff. I hate be, being around corny people and stuff like that. I want my art to be unique and original, and I don't want it to just be, like, cheesy. Um, 
so I just I just stayed true to me. And if something that I don't like personally, then I wasn't gonna put it out to to people. There's so many fo- uh, photo shoots that I've shot and that has never seen the light of day. That's that shot. The models see the photos like no one sees them because it's just not up to my standards and it just wasn't up to the vision. So I'm not the type of guy to just be shooting, just throwing it on Instagram just to get likes and stuff. Like I'm not really, I don't care about the Instagram likes. I don't care about the followers. I don't care about the the other stuff um, that other people get caught up on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really not like a, a clear indicator of you getting better at your craft. It's kind of like a, a clout thing, um, a hype thing. And I'm not really a hype beast. I'm really like, in the cut, um, just minding my business. I'm usually at home or shooting or not doing, I'm traveling, but I don't really like doing what other people do. So um, I don't know why people gravitate it. I guess they just really like it and I do appreciate it. But honestly, I don't I don't really have any secrets on what I did. It's just like, just got your know, right place at the right time. Um, just prepared myself. And when opportunities came, I tried to take full advantage of it. Um, a lot of the things that I've done and the brands that I've worked with is due to other people um, networking, like New York City. I, t- mm-hmm. I always tell my friends back home, like, they're making more money at the, um, they're making more money, I guess, per se, right now. But I feel like what I'm living in New York is like an investment on myself. I might not be making more money, as much money as my peers back home. Like, they might be buying houses and stuff like that, and I'm still paying ridiculous amount of rent new york is ridiculous i i I really want to emphasize that this rent is ridiculous (laughs) but um it's so crazy it's it's, it's very bad but um i'm making these investments i'm paying more but i'm i'm working with these brands and companies that i would never have had the opportunity to work with if i was in florida like literally i just came back from europe um last thursday and i got a phone call like right before i got on the plane to New York, someone called me like, "Yeah, are you free Saturday?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Okay, we need you to shoot with Jordan, um, Jumpman Twenty Three on Saturday." And it's just like nobody in Florida is gonna call me up and be like, "Yeah, we need you to shoot with Jordan or Reebok or whoever it is that you're shooting with or I've shot with whatever." It's kind of like those opportunities are only in New York, and so it's just like being prepared for those. And when mm-hmm. the opportunities do come, um, putting your best foot forward, making sure you're professional and um, your art represents you, and um, if they like it. They're going to rock with you. If they don't, they're not going to rock with you. <laughs> so being prepared, uh, definitely praying for it, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And practice makes perfect. Agree. Because that's another thing, like, I wanted you to kind of like, expound upon about, like, how much goes into really perfecting the craft, you know, on your on your part, like, from, from your journey. And, and just like you said, even just trying to, what's up to your standards now, what may, may have been your standards back then have, clearly changed to now so like it's kind of expound upon like the practice that goes into of perfecting your craft um the practice okay um i'm constantly constantly thinking about art even when i'm not shooting um photography per se um i'm always trying to surround myself with some type of form of art i love music um anyone who knows me knows i'm a very big music head um shout out to soundcloud um, shout out shout out to SoundCloud <laughs> you feel me um, even when I'm not shooting like when I'm editing I'm listening to music when I'm just in my free time I'm listening to music or I'm watching visuals or I'm at a museum and I'm like reading books um, just always surrounding yourself by art and just different forms of art you, like I feel like 
it's bad to only surround yourself by photography and just always be consumed by photography. I feel like when I, I branch out and get other forms of art, um, um, consuming other forms of art, I take bits and pieces um, of other art forms and incorporate into my, my, my work. Um, I read a book um, about a year ago, maybe a year longer than a year ago, called Still Like an Artist. I forgot the, art, the author's name, but it's basically saying that there's no new art under the sun and everything is basically redone. Mm. So um, I just like to take art and kind of see what the artist is getting, getting, giving from it and kind of like incorporate my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially me personally, because for those who don't know, a lot of my art or most of my art is represented with black people. Um, and I chose black people specifically because growing up as a kid, I felt like um, there was a lot of representation of black people. But whenever I seen them, it was either athletes or drug dealers or just hypersexualized. And I just felt like there wasn't anyone that was like just like portraying us in like our natural habitat because mm-hmm. they was just basically saying there's three forms of black people. And I knew that wasn't true because I was surrounded by my family and they didn't fit any of those forms. So it's kind of like right. I know there's more out there and I felt like media wasn't doing a good job representing us. So that's why I shoot primarily with black people only because um, I feel like there's enough photographers that shoot white people and other, other races and stuff like that. And I just want to focus on my niche and bring the best light to my niche. Um, so, um, In the marketplaces there now, you have the Nike campaign, you have all of these campaigns that are now skewing towards telling our stories yeah i mean visually or yeah. visual stories which is something that you specialize into with your art yeah i mean i feel like the market has always been there i mean i mean the market's always been yeah there. the I'm black people saying, didn't just pop out no no no, no. <laughs> we, we've been here i'm just yeah. saying now brands are now um, like oh yeah. this trillion dollar community yeah spending community like minorities are becoming the majority and yeah like if they plan on lasting more than another 10 more years then they're going to have to adjust their their marketing plan and their business plan because they've been ignoring us for so long and it's like it can only last for so much longer literally before like their market power decreases and they go obsolete and these businesses are collapsing so quick and it doesn't take much like I feel like just the voice in general like it's, yeah. it's so quick to get a company up out of here now especially with Twitter like they're really like putting companies like stock markets are plummeting because plummeting. like trending topics and stuff like that. So they're trying to do a better job. Whether I'm not sure they're trying to do it because they really care or just because the the end results of their their, their margin, or whatever, when it comes to the money and stuff like that. I'm not sure why they really want to pay us attention now. Hopefully, it's the uh, the former of the two. But even and hopefully, it, it's more of us getting into those positions behind the scenes that are trying to, you know, what I'm saying make make way and bring those stories to life and yeah. that's about like I'm hoping keyword yeah. this is to these other people yeah. <laughs> are just trying to again make a dollar off yeah. of I definitely feel like but. us as black people I definitely feel like we're making higher strides into the corporate world mind you I haven't been in the corporate world for like four years now five years I haven't had a full time job in a minute um, but even still I feel like my peers the people that I, I surround myself with in New York they're they're all popping. They're all killing the industry. Shout out to Strivers Row. Um, we work with a lot of just so talented individuals, and everybody's in their respective fields killing it. And it's like it's not just like one, not like a finance and like an art. It's like literally right. every field, like sci- like science and medicine and art and events and everything. We they're they're, they're killing it all, and it's just like crazy. And they're so young and they're so high up in the in the food chain. It's just like wow, 
Like you're like 24, 25, and you're already like damn near senior level. And it's like we just getting started. Like I'm not even in my prime. Like I'm still stretching. Like I'm I've only been shooting for two years, and it's just like I've I've just seen so much and accomplished so much. It's just like wow, in such a short period of time. And like I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. It's just like wow. And you will. Yeah, I, I will. I will. You, I mean, you, unless I get bored, I, I get bored too. So that might be it. No, but, but I see myself doing photography for the long run, for sure, for sure, for sure. So you would say you are happy in this stage in your life? Oh yeah, I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely blessed. Um, just so so many opportunities just came my way, and just like I said, I just came back from vacation. It was my first vacation in like a year and a half, and it was just so crazy. Like I literally paid for that whole trip just with photography, like. All I do is photography. Um, I don't have no part-time jobs. I'm not doing anything else. It's just, like, photography. It's just like, wow, like, I'm on the other side of the world on a yacht, like, in the middle of an ocean. It's like dolphins, like, literally, like, swimming on the side of me right now. And, like, I'm living my best life. And it's just, like, a camera. And I wasn't even, like, I never had any, like, goals of being a photographer beforehand like it wasn't like i was like always studying the arts it's kind of like i've been in the, the arty artsy field and the creative field but it's kind of like photography kind of like stumbled into my life and it's just like i've been blessed with so much just because of that camera it's just like wow yeah did you thought? ever feel when you were working here when you first came to new york that you were kind of torn like a part of you a part of your time was being put towards something that didn't fulfill you versus the camera which you knew was your pursuit of like what's making you happy and how did you kind of what was that shift right what was that turnkey moment when you knew like i gotta go um again i didn't start picking up the camera until after i moved into new york I right picked, i kept a piece of the camera um i was talking to one of my friends amanda shout out to amanda um and we were just talking i was working a part-time job at this company doing social media marketing and um i just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't enough money i was only making like 18 dollars an hour working like 20 hours a week. I was literally getting paychecks every two weeks for like $500, $600. And I was stretching it. And um, it was just like, this. that wasn't wavy. I was just like, this is not going to be it. And so I was talking to her, and I was just like, yeah, I need to figure out how to make more money. And she knew I had the camera. She's like, why don't you start shooting with it? Because I bought the camera like months ago for a, a, um, another, excuse me, another company mm -hmm. that I started um, back in Florida. But it was literally sitting there collecting dust. And she's like, why don't you start using it? So like, yeah, whatever. So I started shooting and it was like literally it was it was nothing. It was not in my mind to become a photographer. It was more so like going Craigslist and I'll take your headshots for like twenty bucks, whatever. It wasn't I think that's what I thought it was gonna be for me at first. And like so I had to first learn how to use the camera. So I used to like just go around the streets and just shoot like random buildings and ducks and ice cream cones and just random stuff and like just get the light and the stuff together and then eventually I started shooting with just, like, people and um, just trying to, like I said, figure out lightings and how to edit people and how to, like, just make people look good on in photos. And then, um, honestly, I don't even remember how it got started. I remember we shot, like, so early in the process. I don't even remember, like, what I was doing with a camera at that point. You I did great. I mean, I appreciate that, but I don't know, like, at what point was I, like, what point, of my photography journey that I start shooting you like that was probably like literally like probably like two months into my camera journey if that well sh that's like, that that's amazing because yeah. some shots was fire <laughs> I appreciate I was that. like oh yes <laughs> I don't even think I seen and I, I think I said this on a post one time I was like 
you know, a lot of people assume, like, oh, I like to take photos and stuff like that. And I was like, honestly, I really don't. Like, I'm not the one to be like, I'll take 10, 10 photos of me, content, content, content. I'm not that person. But I was like, it is, when you meet someone as a photographer or person behind the camera who's able to capture your emotion, you know, what you're feeling at that time or, where you know, like, where you're at and they be... And they're able to bring that to life. And I think I mentioned, like, that you were one of those photographers, one of my favorite photographers that did that because you were, first of all, the first person who shot me in New York. And then, two, I think that you had an eye to capture those emotions, whether I was happy, whether I was, like, going through different, which I was going through different stages, y'all. Going through different <laughs> stages in my life because we did the black and white um, shoot to the I Ain't Sorry one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, like, you have an eye to capture that emotion, that emotion that that person is, has at the time. So I could look back at those photos now and be like, I remember exactly how I felt at that time when it was shot. And they're still fire-ass photos. <laughs> love. I appreciate that. <laughs> they're still fire-ass photos. <laughs> Much love. Yeah. So, like, for two months, I'm like, shit, I thought you was doing this for at least. Nah. I mean, I was taking, hold on, hold on. I was taking pictures with the iPhone. If that counts. I mean, yeah, it counts. Yeah, counts. yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there are iPhone photographers that are super fire. Are... All right, so let me take that back. Yeah. I was shooting with an iPhone. Let me take that back. I was shooting with an iPhone, but it wasn't like I wasn't shooting people. It was more so like my plates of food and like when I was traveling, I would take pictures like buildings and stuff like that. Like, so I guess I had some type of play with it, but to pick up a digital like DSLR yeah. camera and actually like be like, okay, let me take a photo and like learn the settings and like not just shoot on auto mode but learn like what the ISO meant and what the exposure and what the shutter speed and all that stuff meant um that was my first time two years ago so that's what I clarify clarify but he still was shooting y'all getting them shots (laughs) now it's like prices going up people prices going up they are up (laughs) okay um but I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk more about so the pursuits of happiness like what are so we know that you have a passion for photography. You're doing it full time. You're creative. You have uh, master classes that you have on your, or like kind of self help mm-hmm. master classes on your your site, and you're continuously uh, using your voice to kind of help others, whether it be just like your journey, um, or five ways that they could, you know, learn how to do th- different things with the camera. And so I feel like you're definitely in your stride with with your creativity. Now, here's the thing that always scares people. What about this dating and love life? What you mean? What about this dating and love life? Are we... Is that something that... On your priority list? Not at all. Where does it fall? Very low. Why? Is that something... Not even that. Like, Is that something that you... Is that something that is a part of what you may define as happiness or pursuit? that you you long term will bring you happiness in your life. Um where I'm at right now. He's like, what about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm like, yeah damn. <laughs> that's not it at all. Like, you lying, you gave me, that's how you gave that's what you gave. And nah. I was like, we got you here. I saw all these great things with photography and I switched and it was like, well about dating and love, what about it? <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my God. Um yeah, nah. Um right now where I'm at, um it's not high up on my list just because I'm so on my vision on what I what I see and um, where I see myself. I mean, 
that I don't really have time to, and that's a, a selling excuse. It sounds terrible, but I just know myself, and I'm like I said, I'm all about giving it my all. And, and mm-hmm. if it's not serious, if it's not something I'm passionate about, then I'm not really there for. It. I'm not like a monetized person. I'm not there just to have somebody like to come home to whatever. It's, I feel right. like if I'm not giving it my all, I really don't want to be involved with it, and I feel like it's kind of selfish. Uh, not kind of selfish. It is selfish for me to have someone who's devoting their time to me and make making sacrifices for me and I know right. I'm not being willing to make those sacrifices in return so it's kind of like our respect um I don't really like look looking at that I mean eventually I don't know what the future's hold I might like I said I might not be sure in a month from now but uh, uh-uh, we can't speak that. I mean, no, I don't no, know. No, we're not speaking that. I mean, who knows? I mean, I've, I've had passions before that I switched. I mean, I used to do graphics and stuff. I mean, I'm not locked into this photography. I love photography. It's definitely the most passionate thing I've done in my life. But I don't want people to, like, because I don't even want to be known as a photographer. I kind of, like, I want to be known as a creative. Great. Yeah, creative. creative. And I feel like when, this is, like, going off from the relationship question. I'll come back to it. But I feel like I, I see myself when um when I'm talking to my talking to my peers, whatever, I see myself kinda of like a Pharrell situation. I feel like Pharrell is known as a producer and a musician, but his resume is a lot more. He's a creative director, he's a fashion icon, like he does a lot of stuff. He's like pretty um a film um he's on film, he's done like mm-hmm. bands, all types of stuff. But when you say Pharrell, you immediately think of him as producer. And when people, when people say me, uh, or Gerard, I'm sorry, I want them to like associate me as photographer but i want that to be my leeway or my gateway into other things mm-hmm. so like oh you're talking about the guy that curated an art show or sells uh t-shirts or presets or has an e-course or whatever whatever i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing I, I, i'm just going with the flow at the point but um you're doing more than a lot of people who have a passion who say they want to do something but they haven't really started doing something so you have to give yourself credit there too Okay, I I take that and I, I I do like I said I know I'm not trying to waste my time, so um, that's why I'm always like trying to keep keep going. Like I said, I don't like getting complacent. The second I start settling and getting complacent, then everything just starts crumbling. Do you feel like because y'all see how his mind just tried to curve my dating and love? No, I said I was gonna come back to it. Do you feel like you would you you would be complacent or settling when it comes to that relationships? Um, do I feel like I'll be complacent. Um. You said, I don't like to be in anything that's complacent or settling or anything like that. And so I'm wondering, is there a correlation within that, like, day in a love life? I understand that you don't want to waste anybody's time if your mind is not there, right? Mm -hmm. Totally understand that. But in the pursuit, as in, like, long term, do you feel like love, as far as, like, having a significant other or a partner is... um, something that would you feel that would bring you happiness like something that is like on your trajectory like that and family uh no okay i don't okay (laughs) i don't think so no uh, okay (laughs) why are you looking at me like is this a trick question no i mean i don't i don't think it's a trick question i just don't think that like that will bring you yeah i don't feel like love is like something that I look forward to in the future or like I mean I want to have jits I do want to have like kids and stuff like that but I'm I'm cool with adopting kids too like I'll definitely pick up a couple jits and do you feel like it's do you feel like in your past you've experienced that it's just a distraction or it's just like um I just know me I know me so well no I don't know me so well I learn something new about myself every single day it's so crazy like I've been with myself for 26 years and every single day I'll be like (laughs) 
You feel I me? keep forgetting you guys. I understand. I totally I mean, understand. I feel like 26 is like kind of old now. I feel like it's like past 25. So you're like officially like. You're in your late 20s. I'm in my late 20s. You're in your late 20s. This is like the. This is like the. This is, the, this is like the. Kicking up. Like yeah, shit. it's like the development stages where you like. I know better, do better. Type yeah, thing. like my joints are starting time. to ache and like my mind is fully <laughs> developed and like I know that your joints are starting to ache. I'm getting old, yo, and it's like I gotta, I gotta, like I, like I said, I learn something new about myself every day, and right now I do know that, um, I, I am extremely selfish. I guess you could say as you should be. But I also realize that. Happiness requires selfishness because I feel like if you're always trying to make others happy, eventually it's going to get to the point where you're sacrificing something that you don't want to do because you're so busy trying to make something somebody else happy. And mm. I've I've come to accept that I'm putting myself first no matter what. And it sounds so vain on this microphone, like even me saying it out loud. But honestly, in order for happiness, you got to have selfishness. And I just know that I'm a selfish person right now. I'm so focused on my dream and like I said making sure that I do what I want to do and which is make my family proud and I just know that I'm not in the mindset or the time frame I just don't have the the I just don't have the 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 time to be focusing on trying to because when you're in a relationship you really got to like you got to bring somebody else's entire life like every lesson they learned and everything they've been through into account and so something that you might have went through and you might react a certain way might necessarily not might not necessarily be the way that your your partner responds to whatever and you might be looking at them like oh you need to re- you need to react like this and it just takes too much time trying to like get your plans in order like you literally like I said you really merging a, a person's whole life into yours and trying to get on one accord and it's just mm-hmm. like that's a lot to do so so much to like it's a lot of work there's a lot of work that i'm not willing to focus my attention on right now i think that's fair yeah i don't imagine where i was at at 26 child <laughs> so we'll just leave that there i can like literally go back to 26 and be like oh i know exactly where i was at and i was not to your point i wasn't selfish enough of my time mm-hmm. and i think you bring up a good point i mean i never thought about like happiness requires selfishness at the same time because at the end of the day happiness is a choice and you you at the core make yourself happy and what mm. you choose to put your the situations that you choose to put yourself in the things that you choose to put your energy into are things that you know like this is going to make me happy so i didn't even look at it in that way until you said that but yes yes shit i'm 29 so if you're if your joints is aching, imagine <laughs> my shits is breaking. <laughs> my shits is breaking. Like, God damn. I'm at, like literally push 29 in uh, November, and I'm like, fuck. Last of the last of the last of the last year of the last late rock. 20. Because 30, supposedly everything clicks. That's what they say. Supposedly. That's what they say. They say a lot of things, though. Who knows? We don't know if that's really true until we get there. But I think it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not true at all. They just tell you that. But I think it's an interesting perspective. I think that's a real, true, you know, like viewpoint of things. Like a, I can't even say for me. A lot of my, I told myself at twenty seven, I was like, I don't want to focus any more of my energy on others. I want to put that to myself. So I think that, and I had a. A friend, a girl, a girl who 
I connected with her out in New York, just network-wise, tell me, like, I seen that you pulled back from the scenes. Like, I saw you just kind of, like, not be out anymore. I saw you shift in those things, but it was like, I had to do that because I realized that a lot of my movements were for other people and not for myself, and I didn't feel fulfilled in the things that I was doing. So I think it's very mature of you to even have that perspective even when it, even dating but in general like right any mo- even movements you can mm-hmm. have that perspective right when it comes to happiness happiness is not just about one sector of your life it's about all sectors of your life but mm-hmm. to just have that perspective at 26 i feel like i was just scratching it like 27 now i'm at 29 and it's like i get it yeah i get it like i will sit at home and watch my shows very happy and be a grandma and i you know i don't miss a thing i feel like every decision is it's just it's moving you towards your goals sometimes you make sacrifices too yeah you you know sometimes you have to make sacrifices in order to elevate elevation requires separation boom and on that note (laughs) (laughs) boom and on that note i just want to close out and kind of ask you if you had to give, at this point in your life, if you had to get three life lessons that you learned about overcoming your fears, what would it be? Or at least moving towards overcoming your fears. Because um, fears change. Fear is change. Um first one is don't be afraid of anything there's really nothing to be afraid of in life like I don't know I just think life is a game I really just it's just so entertaining to me I just feel like it's just like a board game it's like Jumanji it's just like I don't take it serious like it's too much going on for me to be stressing um, about like small things like it's just like none of it really matters like Think about what you were stressing like a month ago that you was like, oh my God, this is like the worst thing ever. And you ain't thought about that shit since. Like that shit, it's like, it's just so temporary. And it's just like, when you think about how small and insignificant, not insignificant, but how small we are in the grand scheme of things, like us as humans, as the planet, like Earth itself, like just, I'm getting real like crazy right now, but like just, it's so, it's so so, like we're so small, like the Earth, like if you ever seen Man in Black when like, like the last scene when they opened up the locker and like he was like they was like oh we're just like no not even the last scene there was like a little marble and it zoomed down like there was like marbles they was just playing with like we're just so so tiny insignificant in the grand scheme of things like to think that our issues are so big and like they're gonna be like oh man this is the end of the world man nobody gives a fuck bro that shit's gonna be gone by the end of the work day like you'll be all right like stop I don't want to say stop crying because everybody can deal with the issues and so I definitely want to say stop crying definitely cry if you need to but. Don't get stress it, it yo. Get it, yeah, yeah, get, get your system, yo, because you it's not gonna be the it's not gonna be the end of it. Like no matter what it is, no matter how depressing or sad it may be, um, it's not the end of it. So just like you'll be all right. Just just keep going. Um, which leads to my second one, which is my motto that I live by, which is fucking we ball. And okay. it's kinda like just keep balling, yo. It's gonna be haters. Don't don't get caught up in haters and stuff like that. It's always gonna be 
a negative a negative Nancy in your life or <laughs> even if they're not directly in your life there's always going to be someone who just wishes they was in your position and stuff like that so when you get negative feedback or just negative energy from people don't don't accept into your life because then your life is going to become negative too if you accept it so just kind of like monitor your energy yeah mind your energy be, be mindful because there's some hater niggas out there <laughs> There's a lot of them, bro, and if you get caught up for every hating person in your life, you really gonna get stuck and like left behind. And so, like I said, don't don't stress that type of stuff. Just just keep balling. And then um, number three, yeah. Come on, you on a roll right now. Shit. I'm over here right. like, yes, look <laughs> at my life. <laughs> oh man, number three. My first one was like, don't stress it. Second one is fucking we ball. Third one is just man, enjoy the process and just have fun with it. Um, like I said, enjoy. Enjoy your losses as much as you enjoy the wins. Um, I have like a saying, another say, I got like a bunch of sayings, but like sometimes I win, sometimes I learn, but I never lose. There we go. That's what I need to say. Delete that shit, Peggy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the proper saying. But basically, like it's basically saying like it's only a loss if you if you take it as a loss. Um, I just take it as a lesson. Like I just take it as something that didn't work out like I thought it would be. And I just adjust for the future, but it's not it's not a loss. It's just a learning lessons, and so just just count your blessings and um try to see the good and everything. It sounds so cliche, but it's it's really true. Like there's always gonna be a lesson, even in your victories, there's lessons, and then your failures is a lesson. So just try to, like I said, look back at the bigger picture, and not just think about yourself. Um, just think about what it means in the grand the grand scheme of things and how you can use that information for your future battles and your future adventures and stuff like that. And you'd be Gucci, man. Amen. Yeah. So what's next for Gerard? What's, ne- what's next in the next chapter for you? Um, in life? In life? Tomorrow? Yeah. Whatever. Um, well, tomorrow... I'm going upstate to scout a location for a photo shoot that I'm very excited for. Um, Just in life, what do you what do you envision your next chapter to be like? Because you say you can see things in your life so clearly. Well, my main upcoming vision that I I see myself accomplishing in the beginning of 2019, mid 2019, um, I don't want to share just because I'm. I'm nope. trying to, I'm trying that's to, good. Keep it close to you. You feel me? Like yes. that one's that one's gonna be good. But I'm also just working on some um some new photo stories. Um when I was overseas, I had a lot of talks with myself about um uh, this art projects that I wanna do and um visions for some photo fo- photo stories. Um so I have a lot of art projects that I'm working on um that I'm gonna be releasing in the next couple couple months. Um starting with Tomorrow I'm going location scouting, like I said, um, and then I'm gonna start producing some some photo stories, and then in 2019 I have a very big um, announcement um, that I want to make, and wait for that to happen. But for right now, I'm just creating, um, taking it day by day, enjoying New York. Um, and you just, be yourself here forever. Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'll, I'll probably be out in New York by the winter time. I want to be by 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 continental. Um, Amen. Yeah, Shit. I definitely see myself in um in Europe. I wanted to do when I first moved to New York in twenty uh, 
this has got nothing to do with nothing. But when I first moved to New York <laughs> in 2015, my original plan was to do 2015 through 2018 in New York, and then 2018 through 2021, do it in Paris. Wow. And then come back and do whatever, like settle down in Canada and Toronto. But first, like I said, I moved here, and I wasn't seeing myself doing photography, and I did photography my second year here, so it kind of like took me by surprise. And it was um, a lot, whatever. So I was like, all right, let me see this photography stuff. And then also those incidents in Paris with the bombings and the stuff. We got really hot in Paris around that time. So I was like, yeah, let me just chill for a little bit. But after coming back from Paris, because I was just in Paris last week, um, I definitely see myself moving over there for at least for the short short term, um, probably like six months, whatever, three, six months, whatever. Just like in the wintertime in New York when my business slowed down, um, like – so I'm thinking, like, go home in November with my family, do the holidays. Then after um, Christmas and New Year's, whatever, instead of coming back to New York, just go straight into Europe, whatever, and do something in Paris. and um, Or not even Paris, maybe Barcelona, too. I'm not sure yet. But I definitely want to get out of New York City in the wintertime because I can't do the cold. That's not it. I forget. You from the South. Yeah, I'm from so. the South. I'm a <laughs> Florida native. Florida native. Well, we hope that everything that you envision for yourself for the next chapter, or I hope, let me say we, like I'm speaking for the audience. I hope, you know. Hey, Nancy's out there. <laughs> facts. <laughs> I hope that everything that you envision for your next chapter comes to fruition, right? Manifestation. And like you said earlier, power of the tongue. So prayers up that that happens. We got, damn, fuck. We got like. Literally, it's fourth quarter. We only got a few more months left in 2018, so let's live it up. Yeah. Live our best lives. Definitely. I want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I started this platform to really share my friends' journeys, and it, it started with friends just believing in, like, our storytelling, but also to more so tell your own journey and, like, where you came from, how you got here, and where you see yourself. And that's where overcoming fear and your pursuit of happiness. So I just want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. I hope that it inspires someone out there that's listening um, and that it helps you kind of move in the direction of which you envision your purpose or God's purpose to be in your life. Um, I usually like to close out the episode with a quote that relates to my guest's fear. So the quote that I have is anonymous. Sometimes I have anonymous quotes. But the quote is, the most beautiful thing is to see your parents smiling and know you're the reason behind them smiling. That's real. That's what I want. That's me. <laughs> it's a me. It's me. It's a me. Yes. Yeah, so take that quote into your weekend. Keep that in mind as you're working on your, your projects, your, your vision, your dreams, living them out loud. Um, and until next time, I wish you all love, light, and many blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out. <laughs>